And it's game day here on Nighttime at Noon. I'm Stormy Bonantoni along with Shane Knighty as we get you set for game two of round one between the Golden Knights and Minnesota Wild. And Shane, I don't usually get to work in person with you, so no, this is a little this is weird. Our first time for us uh, working together. Yeah, you're hosting. I just answer the questions. I follow your lead. <laughs> the pressure's on you. Well, this is. I feel like there's a lot of pressure just in general because this is where when we're on the road, you guys actually have been calling games from all year long. So Dave Gosher is usually in this seat. Yeah, I don't know what is, to do. This is an upgrade. This is an upgrade. <laughs> well, we've got a fun show ahead. Uh, if you have any questions, use the hashtag nighttime at noon on Twitter or get uh, onto my page or Shane Knighty's page. Just ask us some questions at the end of the show. We're going to go through a few of those. But for today, as the Golden Knights get set for Game 2 after dropping Game 1 to the Wild on Sunday, um, from a player's perspective, what's the mindset when you wake up this morning? You're excited. It, this is playoffs, and, and I think you know a lot of people get wrapped up uh, in Game 1. It's a tough loss, but I think – and you hear players talk about it all season long, and a lot of that – a lot of the regular season is about building traits you can have when you get to playoffs, about you know short memory, learning from mistakes, moving on. And that, Golden Knights have been one of the best teams at being able to rebound after a loss, a tough loss, and play the right way. So that that's in the memory bank, and you can feed off that. Playoffs, it's even, you have to have even shorter memory, uh, which is good. Mine's never been great. Uh, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's about in the moment. You, you, don't, you don't worry about the past. You don't look ahead. Uh, Jonathan Marcheseau touched on it this morning when he spoke. He said it, you know, it's one game at a time. It's a simple, it's very cliche, but it's really true. You, you can't think about the what ifs. If you start thinking about the what ifs, you know, what if we lose, what if we, you know, how it goes, you can't. Your focus, your attention is the moment. And and you, you that's where you want to thrive is in the moment, the opportunity to be in playoffs, to play in these games that have so much energy. It's been terrific hockey around the league. Uh, the Golden Knights, you know, they have a plan. And usually every team, you get to this point, you see how close it is, who can execute their plan better. Uh, you know, every team's going to have their strategy and how they want to play and how they think they can beat the other team. But the team that, that, that goes out, plays to the details, executes better. That's the word we heard a lot this morning from the coach and the players. Uh, we'll, we'll come out on top. So uh, it's a chance for them to go prove themselves. They got the fans behind them. What an atmosphere <laughs> in game one. Just it'd be nice for them to have a goal to cheer about. So that's – and that's going to be the focus for the Golden Knights. They need to find some offense. Okay, so how do you go ahead and find that? Because you look at the 42 shots on goal for the Golden Knights in game one. Now you say you don't look back, but you kind of got to learn yeah. a little bit still from game one. But only nine of them were from within 20 feet of the net. So is that kind of the secret – recipe to this is just get in front of the net more determined they understand where they need to be and, and you know it was kind of a theme coming down whenever they weren't scoring it's about getting to the inside about those second and third opportunities when you get a quality chance to really bear down um you look around the league how some of the goals are scored the bruins won in overtime yesterday the tying goal five bodies in front and it's a scrap that's where you got to be you've got to have that determination that tenacity to be in those areas to, to want to win the battle. It's about will. And it's not easy. It's hard. Uh, they understand that. They can do it. Um, there's different ways you need to be able to find offense. Uh, the other one is the power plays. There's going to be pressure on them to try and get that going. Uh, you know, special teams play a factor. Depth scoring plays a factor. You need all hands on deck. Um, but certainly, I think, uh, for the Golden Knights, that I, I liked their first period. I thought they played well. They got a little bit off their game. 
Uh, some of the shots on net, you know, Cam Talbot was good, but they make it exactly difficult on him. And I think that's one thing is you need to. And I sound like we're talking about the bubble last year uh, with Dallas and Van, the end of the Vancouver series, but it, it is very similar. It's going to, you know, the pressure uh, is on the players to provide that type of game where they get in and make it difficult. They've got to be physical. Uh, I love this time of year. It, everything ramps up the physicality in the games, the nastiness, uh, because you want to—it's you against them. And and if it's you battling for that extra foot of space in front of the net, you've got to be more determined than the guy trying to fight for it with you. Because you referenced the series against Dallas last year, I keep feeling like everything I'm hearing from our fan base right oh, now yeah. is, "Oh my gosh, it's and- happening again! We can't, <laughs> we can't score a goal." But like, how much are you actually able to take stock in what happened last year? Because we heard from Mark Stone, he says, "I can't even think that yeah. far back. I'm focused exactly. on now." Exactly. That that's that's gone. The, their focus now is game one didn't go their way. Uh, they understand that now. It's it's on them to. To rectify that and make sure they play the right way. And, and they know there's areas that they played okay. They played well enough to have a chance to win that game. But that's not what they want. I think a big thing and a big advantage, especially on home ice at the Fortress, to get a lead. And against a, a team that has such defensive structure like the Minnesota Wild, when, when a team like that falls behind, maybe they start to open it up a bit. And then if you stick to your game, you may get a couple more chances. And then it's about bearing down and capitalizing when you generate those great A opportunities. Um, but getting a lead is going to be a big key for them tonight and, 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 and finding a way to get to their goaltender. Get to it early because we all know what that building can be like. That's, that's why you fight for home ice advantage is to have that electric atmosphere, to have that kind of seventh man that you know can swing momentum in your favor in a building. Well, and let's go straight to the source because Pete DeBoer and Jonathan Marcheseau both spoke to getting off to that early start earlier this morning. Here they go. We played fast in the first period, and then as the game went on, we we slowed down a little bit, you know, they, they played a part in that and how they defended a little bit, but, uh, you know, we, we've got to use our speed and play fast. And I thought we did that early in the game. And, and as the game went on, we, we, we got out of that game a little bit. Well, we need a, ma- a great start tonight. I mean, there's no, uh, we need to lead after the first period. We, uh, we need to play with the lead. We need to get, it. uh, there's no secret that we got to be ready right from the puck drop. And, uh, uh, if we do that, we should be uh, in, in, in good position for the rest of the game. And, I mean, the goal of the the road team, right, is to weather the storm in the first period, especially in a building like T-Mobile. And they were able to do that in game one. Now you hear from Jonathan Marsh, so we need to have a lead after the first period. Yeah, certainly on point exactly what he wants his team to do. And, you know, a lot of that is the message. It's been talked about. These guys, you know, discuss it. I'm sure a message has been sent from the coaching staff, the players, uh, on their game plan and what they want to do. And, and getting the leads important. Uh, you know, that may not happen. And how you respond is something else they would have discussed. So, um, and we talk about how physical it is, but it is. It's it's mentally being able to fight fight through it and not. You know, another point I liked from Jonathan Marshall this morning. He says. You know, we're not scoring goals. We can't overthink it. Because I think when you start over, you still got to think in the game of hockey. But sometimes you overthink, you know, trying to aim a shot rather than just getting it to net. Look for rebounds. Maybe simplifying things a little bit to generate that offense. Um, so there, there's, they've got to have, you know, that mental focus on how they want to go out tonight, how they want to play, and, and the preparation. 
uh, you know, Zach Whitecloud talked a lot. All about execution. All <laughs> execution. But somebody asked him the difference in regular season and playoffs, and it was a really good point because, yes, playoffs is a totally different animal, but your preparation doesn't change. That That's what makes a consistent, consummate pro is how they prepare for games. That routine you have that gets you ready to play the best you can, you carry that into playoffs. You don't, you don't just all of a sudden change your routine in preparation. How you prepare, how you come out, how you flush things away, how you reset, uh, that's so important as an athlete. And, and it's about having the right routine and being ready to come back out and play the right way, execute, as he said, a l- <laughs> numerous times. Um, and and they, they have it. This team's, we, we've seen it from them. I think that speaks to the the leadership, the veteran core group they have in that in that room that can lead the way. It's just you know you can talk about it all day, and it's eventually it's about going out and and doing it. And and there's a belief this team, they've won different ways, the way they bounce back, just just so many things that go on in a regular season. When you have a successful one, 40 wins in 56 games. I consider it an extreme success. Uh, so they found ways to win when they needed to, and, and that's what it's going to be about tonight. Big game. Yeah, no question. And it's it's interesting that you talk about just kind of the veteran leadership because I talked to Mark Stone before game one, and he said something that almost sounds as if as if we were today him yeah. saying it. He said the, the playoffs are a long process. You don't win on day one of the playoffs, but you can set yourself back. So it's about sticking together as a group and having each other's backs. And his kind of message was that they just need to stick together throughout these momentum swings. Yeah, it's, it's very rare a team will go all the way winning four straight games in every series. There's going to be losses. Uh, there, there's obstacles. There's adversity. To, to go that far, that long to win the Stanley Cup, there is a lot of things you need to overcome on the way and, and what you learn along the way. It, it, you know, one game loss, so what? The, the year I was with the Bruins and we won the Stanley Cup, the biggest rivalry in, in hockey historically is the Bruins and Canadians. We lost games one and two in Boston to Montreal in round one. But what you learn from that and how you build as a team, and it's not about pointing the finger, that point about you got to stick together. You're in it together. There's no trades made in the postseason. <laughs> That's the group. So yep. you've got to come together and, and, and find those ways that you need to adapt. You maybe need to adjust. And then you need to execute. There's the word again. Yep. And you said this, you know, this team has been really good when coming off of a loss. They had the best record in hockey this year, 12-3-1 in the regular season, when in that bounce-back situation. I'm thinking about Boston, though. In 2011, you guys had to come back in multiple series. Yes. Well, <laughs> there was three, uh, three seven-game series. So the only one was a sweep against Philadelphia in round two. But round one lost the first two. Uh, yeah, games to Montreal Canadiens. The, the city of Boston was not happy with us, uh, but went there, won two, and then it went back and forth, and then we were finally able to come out. And in Vancouver, down three games to two, going in, uh, coming back to Boston, won game six, and then went to, to Vancouver for game seven and won the Stanley Cup. So, And, you know, a lot of that is feeding off. A lot of overtime games, how you handle it, uh, you know, the mentality you had as a group, uh, the belief system you have to have. You have to have a belief system. It's so important to to know, you know, whatever the score is, whatever the situation uh, in that game is, how you play at that time, and that you believe that you're going to come out on top. 
Is there an added emphasis tonight simply because how difficult it's been for the Golden Knights to play in Minnesota historically? No, I, I don't think so because they're not in Minnesota yet. It's a great point, and maybe you know they'll. I think that's something you address when you get to it. Right now, the, their focus is we're at home in front of our fans in a game we're going to win, and we know. Okay, here's the checklist. We need to be better on A, B, C, D, E, whatever it is. When they look at their game plan, we can be. And they watch film. They've done everything. And they, when you see yourself at reinforce, okay, I could have did this, this, and this. Now I've got to do that, and that's going to be on the players. The X and O's. The coaches are, you know, they lay out the game plan. It's up to the players to go out and and make sure it's done to the best of their ability and and this group's been able to do it i i i have a belief in them and they have a belief in that room they, they've talked about it all season long and and now it's a it's a matter of them going out and be able to perform to that level and i know the fans listening have a big belief in the golden knights as well and you need to get geared up for these playoff games and for exclusive vegas golden knights gear you can visit any of the golden knights official team store locations they've got the armory which is in t-mobile arena the arsenal here at city national arena where we're broadcasting from or of course at vegasteamstore.com so make sure you go do that get geared up for the postseason and we'll get you geared up for tonight's game when we come back on the other end of this break we're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the vegas golden knights fox sports las vegas yes back here in studio 31 and summerland and city national arena is that bad that i almost forgot the name of our say, own studio where were you at? i thought you were gonna say <laughs> 61 i'm just not used to being here okay 61 be all right That'd i be told Mark you Stone. I'm new. I'm new. Hey, speaking of of Mark Stone, though, I wanted to get into a little bit of the top line conversation with you this segment because I think if we learned anything from game one, it's that it's not plug and play on the top line anymore after the consistency and chemistry has been built with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and Chandler Stevenson. So if you're Pete DeBoer today, what are you doing on the top line? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, Max Pacioretty, Pete DeBoer saying again, a game time decision. So um, you know, it's tough. That's a big hole. A guy led them in goals, 24 goals this season uh, for Pacioretty. Um, but they have guys. I, I You know, we, it was a small sample size. Tomoch Nosek, obviously a different player, but a guy that'll talk about a guy that'll go to the net. Um, you know, he heated up at the end of the year offensively. And then we saw Alex Tuck. Brings, you know, what Tuck brings to any line. I, I like you know, a lot of times we saw Alex Tuck double shifted throughout the, you know, the stretch when they were short players. Um, would you start to maybe do that depending on the game situation tonight? Uh, you know, that's situational situational gameplay. Whether you're down a goal, up a goal, or you want to get that one early, do you maybe rotate a couple guys up there? Um, it'll be interesting to see how how Pete plays this out. I think the one thing that makes it easier is, is Mark Stone. It's one of those players that, yes, as much chemistry as him and Pacioretty had, and, you know, it's rare when two players, but they certainly did their ability to, to work and feed off one another, set each other up. Stone Stone can adapt to most guys. He's the type of player. Usually it's a centerman you talk about uh, that has the ability to make players better around him. But Mark Stone is such an elite, unique winger that he, he has that same effect on players that he plays with. So uh, anybody that gets up there, you know, you're, it's a huge opportunity, and in this game, that's what you look for as a professional athlete is opportunity. 
and, and then it's what you do with it. So whoever gets that chance tonight, they're going to be excited, mm -hmm. and we'll see how it plays out. It, it's one of those things I think he's still taking a look. Maybe it'll be somebody else. Maybe it'll be a combination of guys on, you know, whether they plug and play or whether he just settles, like you said, with that one player. And, uh, you know, is it going to be Alex Tuck? Is he going to try, you know, that, that way it takes away from a bit of the depth in your top nine, but it strengthens your top six. Mm -hmm. Max Pacioretty, as you said, a game-time decision today via Pete DeBoer. We haven't seen him skate uh, with the team, but that doesn't mean he hasn't no. been skating. Um, also, it was an optional morning skate today, so Pacioretty wasn't on the ice. Neither was Alex Petrangelo or Alec Martinez. Marty came back after yeah. an injury in game one. Were you surprised to see him out there? No. No. Not you, at all? You, got, you, don't, you don't have two Stanley Cups without uh, the ability and that warrior mentality to play through. Can I tell you something? Bumps, bruises, what else? <laughs> I found out that he hates being called warrior, it turns out. No. I asked him about, well, not, not that from us, yeah. but from the team. When they're, like, chanting his name oh, in the locker yeah. room, he's like, I, they did it once, and I let them know that I didn't like it, and now they have continued to do it every well, single Well, he's got to find an alternative, then. <laughs> That's on him to find the alternative. And, and, and if he let them know, if you let your teammates, your the your boys around you know you don't like something uh being you know part of this male species that usually is a sign okay let's keep it going yeah uh, <laughs> they they took that cue for yeah, sure exactly that's the cue but he is he's just one of those players and and hopefully the longer a run goes a lot of these optionals it's not just three or four it's you know a larger group of players that you know play through everything guys there, there's such a large number of you know off season, you know whether it's surgery, recovery for these guys because typically what you may not play through in regular season, you will play through in playoffs. Um, and any team that that does go the distance or is in the final, there's usually multiple players that are playing through something that is mm -hmm. quite significant, and uh, that's the price, that's the sacrifice that these players have, and, and certainly the mentality guy like Martinez, who's won two Stanley Cup, recognizes and is willing to go through whatever. Yeah, he's definitely somebody who you feel like is always playing yeah. through something, um, and especially in a series like this where Pete DeBoer's called it a, a man series, it has been so physical the Wild had 71 hits. The Golden Knights had 56 last game. Like, it, it was absurd, those numbers. Yeah, uh, I don't put a lot of stock in the numbers. They can change from building to building. That's fair. Uh, let's just say that. I'll <laughs> leave it at that. I think they can be more physical. I, I think the Golden Knights can establish themselves more physical, uh, a little more nasty to their game, a little more bite in their areas. You watch around the Tampa, Flor Florida, the, the Boston-Washington game last night was – Big boy hockey immediately. The first five minutes, there was like four huge hits. Um, so I think that's there, there, there's certainly an area. I think the Golden Knights, regardless of what the numbers were in game one, I think they can be more physical get, because they're a team that thrives on coming at you at waves when they can get into that four check and grind and wear you down. And um, they're not allowed to look ahead, but we are. Mm -hmm. You get to a team like the Colorado Avalanche, I think that's. That's the way you beat that team. They're too fast, too talented. You've got to grind and wear them down physically, especially, you know, they have so many you know, young mobile defensemen that can move the puck. Well, it's not a lot of fun for those guys if they're spent most of the game in their own end. So establish that type of game now, but uh, they've got to take care of the task at hand, and that's the Minnesota Wild who have, you know, they have a, a veteran 
defensive group. Uh, like the top four guys have been together, I think, for seven years, uh, Suter, Spurgeon, Dumba, and Brodeen. Um, so these guys are used to playing together. But uh, as a former defenseman, nobody likes playing in their own end. And when you start hearing, you know, footsteps every time you go back for the puck and you know you're going to take a hit, that, that can get on your mind. That That's, uh, you know, a great example was the one penalty, the delay of game penalty I believe Matt Dumba took. He, both Reeves and Carrier, you know, coming, you want to get rid of that puck as quick as possible, and, and that led to a penalty. So that's an area, I th- you know, there's a lot of areas they want to be better in, but that would be one minor area. I thought they were physical in game one, but there's still another level. Stormy Bonantoni and Shane Knighty with you here on Nighttime at Noon. I uh, wanted to just give fans a little update on Rock Creek Cattle Company because you know, Shane, better than anybody, seeing it firsthand, what a hidden yes. gem Rock Creek Cattle Company is in Montana. 2,800 acres. It's a cattle ranch, and there's really something for everybody, a world-class golf course, fly fishing, hunting. You, you've done it all, right? I did it all. I did the golf. I did the fishing. I did the, the the shooting. They have both a pistol range. They have a skeet range, a clays. Then they have uh, the long distance uh, shooting. Uh, everything. The golf course is, <laughs> I, I believe, is it's top 100 in the world. I think it hit 99. So just and the scenery, the land, the working cattle ranch, elk, you name it. Yeah, really cool. And you can get exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities there at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. Visit that for more information. But maybe don't head out there until July when the Golden Knights are done with what we're hoping is a long cup of push here. I uh, wanted to go back to Mark Stone real quickly with you. And was, was there anything missing from his game specifically you felt? Or what do you need to see from the captain? A goal. <laughs> that was missing. Thanks. He made Thanks. that great play and really speaks to the brilliance of Mark Stone. The one play, I believe it was the second period, just it was like a one on four. He was waiting for a change. He has the unique ability in a game that we talk about how fast the NHL is now and speed. He can slow it down and then speed it up. He took it in, created a chance for himself, drew a penalty. Um, I think he's a guy that we, we've seen all season is a big moment player. I, I'd expect him to, to go out there and lead tonight. He, he'll be a guy that will be on his game. Uh, he wants to be better. He, he's really good at you know, you know, looking at his game, uh, reflecting where he needs to be, you know, self-assessing his game, basically. I think a lot of guys are, but he does too, and he puts a lot – a lot on his shoulders to carry this team, and usually he's able to answer it with his performance. We saw it all year when they needed a big moment. He was the guy to step up. Uh, you look to your leadership group. Um, so for me, for him, it's just him being Mark Stone. He's a guy that understands there's so much passion and, and competitiveness to his game. He'll be a guy that'll be ready to go. And I know there are a few of those guys, obviously, that have won Stanley Cups or that have been captains other places like in Alex Petrangelo or you've got Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously, who we'll talk about a little bit later uh, at length, He was I'm okay. Sure. He was decent. <laughs> um, but to have that presence... Uh, I, I know that a lot of fans might think that the sky is falling because they lost game one. Pete DeBoer said today, it's not. It's just one game. But having that leadership core has got to be monumental for this team. Well, it's great to have that experience, guys that have been through it before. And sometimes you can lean on those guys. 
All these players, you don't get to the, the NHL without going through something similar, whether it's the American Hockey League or junior or college where you played in these big games or you had a tough loss and you needed to bounce back or you needed to react in the right way. Look at Tomas Nosek. He won the Calder Cup with Grand Rapids. Uh, he was uh, the MVP of that, helped lead them to that. So he's, he, you know, it's not the same, but he's been through. It's not easy when you're trying to win something. Any championship you win is something you can feed off. And certainly guys who have won the Stanley Cup have even more. Um, and it's great to lean on, especially young guys, guys that played the Colasar, Hag, that played their first games. And those would be the guys that, you know, will listen and hear these guys speak and, you know, kind of lean on their experience on how to handle it. And I think you heard Nick Haig before game one say he was excited about 50 oh, times. It's nothing, <laughs> it's nothing like playoffs. Yeah. I, I said I don't miss the game. I don't miss the grind of the regular season, but I still get I still get chills in playoffs watching. Love it. Um, uh, we're going to take a quick step aside, but on the other end of the, this break, we'll take a look around the league. Some great hockey in the NHL to start off this postseason. And we'll also chat a little bit about VGK goalie situation. Marc-Andre Fleury was the first one off of the ice today at Morning Skate. We'll see what that means. Stay with us. Imagine if your everyday shopping allowed you to earn points towards a weekend in wine country. A round of golf? tickets to exclusive events, or a new hockey jersey. Through the Foley Food & Wine Society app, members earn points for everyday purchases that they can redeem for everything from a baseball cap to a trip to New Zealand. The Foley Food & Wine Society, the luxury lifestyle community that combines life's greatest passions, world-class wines, exquisite cuisine, and amazing experiences. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stormy Bonantoni and Shane Knighty getting you set for Game 2 of the Golden Knights Round 1 series with the Minnesota Wild. And remember, fans, you can eat like a Golden Knight as you watch the VGK play. A number of limited-to-go packs are available at McKenzie River for pre-order each playoff game. You get a $50, gets you a large pizza, two salads, lodge poles, and four 7-5 Brewing Company beers. Player favorite pizzas are also 15% on game days, so please call 702-916-299 to order wanted to check in a little bit with you Shane on your thoughts about just the playoffs in general around the league because I feel like you've gotten a little bit of everything in the first three days uh five games have been decided by just one goal four in overtime what are your thoughts it's been tremendous I I love it I love this time of year love the display love it now as a fan and as an analyst uh, I watch a lot, whether people like I took over a TV yesterday for majority of it. Uh, I was able to watch the, the Boston-Washington game, then caught bits of the Carolina-Nashville, and then watched the Colorado-St. Louis. So it was, uh, it was a real hectic day for me. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I watched the Tampa-Florida game the night before. It was one of the best, most, enter- I shouldn't say best, but one of the very highly entertaining, just everything that was involved with it. You had goals, you had hits, you had hatred. Uh, between the two teams, and, and especially for an area, uh, you know, in Fort Lauderdale, you know, the Panthers have struggled to find that fan base. This is the type of thing that really builds it. Uh, I remember coming, you know, first year in Vegas, said rivalries are built from playoffs. We saw that with the Sharks. We saw it with the Kings in year one and how that continued to build. It really does build rivalries when you get into a seven-game series. And, and for the Panthers in Tampa to finally meet after so many years in the league together in playoffs, uh, it's it's going to help hockey 
in, in South Florida. So that 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 series was great. Uh, look forward to another game. The Islanders. Everybody has Pittsburgh to just walk through. They were able to to upset them. Um, you know the Boston Washington series. That's two overtime games. Uh, Washington takes one, and then Boston. It was a great game. Late goal. We ta- I mentioned it earlier. Taylor, Taylor Hall. Good acquisition for them. Scored uh, scored late to tie it up. The type of goal you'll see in playoffs, just a scramble in front of the net, bodies everywhere. It was interesting. Some people were saying that play was a goaltender interference. Uh, with, you know, it, I don't think it was. And Peter Lavalette, the head coach of Washington, right call not to call it there. Like, if it's close now, that's that's a big decision on the coach because they tie it late. Well, you could challenge if you win, you're still up. But if you lose, they go right to the power yeah. play after tying it up. So. Uh, I don't envy that position. No, I wouldn't want that decision. I I struggle in deciding what to eat. Um, (laughs) And and just, you know, uh, St. Louis, Colorado, it got a little heated up, but Colorado certainly dominated. Jordan Bennington was good. Carolina looks like the real deal they have all season long. Uh, Just tremendous hockey. If you're a hockey fan, it's the best time of year, and it it has not disappointed in each and every game. Yeah, just because we were talking about that Caps-Bruins, when obviously Brad Marchand with the fastest franchise record overtime goal in the playoffs, uh, you know, you get set after the long intermission after the game and into overtime, and you get prepared for everybody's joking online how I went to go get my popcorn and I missed the goal. Um, But my favorite part of this, and you're going to think I'm so dumb, was the video that's kind of gone viral now of, Alex Ovechkin throwing his towel on the bench. <laughs> Chara. I saw that, and, yeah, nothing's going to phase uh, Zdeno Chara. His stone face. Yeah, he's like that all the time. Uh, he's. Uh, I've had the privilege of being his teammate a couple of times in two cities, in Ottawa and Boston. Uh, he is a very focused human being. You don't play as long as he has and be as dominant as he has. Uh, without uh, having the ultimate focus. He's not going to lose it for anything. He's locked in, especially game time. You might get a, maybe he'll crack a smile after a win. Speaking of cracking a smile, this is also off topic because I did want to talk a little bit more about um, around the league Stanley Cup playoffs. But have you ever noticed how when Ryan Reeves is getting in a fight or hitting somebody or chirping somebody, he is always skating away with the biggest grin in the world? Well, that's what he loves. There's, there, you know, certain guys thrive in those situations. They, they love to be in the scrum. They're trying to get under the skin of the opponent. The, you know, that's 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 part of his game. Uh, you know, outside of playing and being physical and hitting and, you know, protecting teammates and, and being a physical presence on the ice. Part of it is he he loves the chirp game. He love that's that's fun for him. You should be having fun. If you're not having fun in this sport, then you're in the wrong business. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Uh, on the docket tonight, in addition to Golden Knights and Wild, is the Islanders' Penn series continuing, Tampa Bay and Florida, and also the Calgary Edmonton series that never seems Cal- to Vancouver. Sorry, <laughs> yes, that never seems to end. Yeah, that one I will not be tuning into at all. <laughs> I don't know if anybody will unless they're diehard Flames or Canucks fans. Yeah, <laughs> with uh, the protocol, COVID protocol, Vancouver went in. They're still trying to wrap up the regular season. That means absolutely nothing, both the Flames and the Canucks. Uh, I can't you know, I can't imagine how hard those games are to play. Certainly there, there's something for those guys. Some of them are trying to play for a job next year. Uh, that would be the biggest thing, but some guys that are are locked in, uh, the better players. It's uh, uh, that that'll be a difficult thing to to go out and to try and get excited to play basically 
It's not even preseason. Like, preseason games, you're getting excited for the regular season. I don't know what there is to look forward in these ones. Uh, yeah, it, it, very, very tough. It's tough. The The North Division playoffs will get started eventually. Um, but for this Florida game, Chris Dreiger expected to get the start in net for the Florida Panthers, making his playoff debut. Um, were you surprised by that? Looks like it was a pretty short leash there for Sergei Bobrovsky. Well, you wondered this. Bobrovsky has been so inconsistent. He's on that huge contract down there. And as you said, Dreiger was phenomenal this year for him. A great story for the Panthers and part of their success, um, I'm, I'm not surprised. I think it was a very short leash they had for Bobrovsky. Um, you know, you're going up against a, a Tampa power play now that they got Kucherov, Stamkos back in the lineup. Uh, it, it's a different team, but uh, you need to have those saves. And Bobrovsky, uh, Joel Quenville felt maybe didn't provide uh, a couple of those. You know, you need to make the best way to put it is goalie needs to make the saves he's supposed to and make one or two he's not. Then that helps you win. Uh, so, Drieger, who had a great year for them, will get the, the start here tonight. And uh, not surprised at all by that move for Florida as they're down a game and, mm-hmm. and trying to win one at home. Yeah, important game. To, and I guess it's his birthday today, too. So, that's a pretty cool oh, there, little well, birthday present. Well, it's, it will be. <laughs> it could be a good <laughs> yeah. one or a uh, bad yeah. one. Yeah, all right. Good point there. Um, obviously, the goalie situation, very different here in Vegas. But I think there were a lot of question marks as to what Pete DeBoer would do with his goaltenders coming into the postseason. Marc-Andre Fleury got start one, was phenomenal. The goal in overtime that was scored on him, obviously a very fluky situation that goes off of Martinez. But he was the first off the ice today at morning skate, which leads you to believe that he's going to be the starter again tonight. Does that surprise you at all? No, not not after that performance. Uh, he was he was everything they needed to win a game. He, he, he gave them an opportunity. Some of those saves, his glove was on fire. Uh, he, he was in the zone. Both goaltenders were very good. I think Fleury may have had a few more challenging saves to make. Um, and, yeah, unfortunate goal in overtime. That, that's the only way you're going to beat a goalie who's locked in. It's got to bounce off something and, and find its way through traffic, uh, through a small hole somewhere to get in the back of the net. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, but he's been like this all year. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's come back in after, you know, last year there was a difficult year for him, both on and off the ice, you know, a lot of things going on, uh, and has come in this year, and he's made some adjustments to his game. And, and that's why he's third all-time in wins. That's why, in my mind, well, in a lot of people's, he'll be a Hall of Fame goaltender. And you have longevity in this game when you have the ability to evolve your game at any age and to continue to get better. And certainly, we still know he has, he, ha- he loves it. He loves the game of hockey. He's ultra-competitive, and he's been there before, I think, uh, uh, certainly the starter as they move forward. They, they have two two guys that are more than capable in him and Leonard, but right now it, it's Flurry's net in my mind. Yeah, and when I spoke to Pete DeBoer the other day, he said something that's really impressed him about Mark was just the resiliency that he showed because last year he did have the personal things yeah. that he was going through with his father passing away, and then you get to the bubble and you're not the guy yeah. when you're so accustomed to it. But this offseason, he didn't sulk. He came to work. He wanted to set out to prove that – he was going to be a difference maker. And then obviously you have the time when Robin Leonard was out with a concussion and he rises to 
the occasion, and he continued to do that. But it was both guys that get you to the Jennings Trophy and that gets you to having the least goals against in the league this season. So do you still foresee, even if even if Marc-Andre is the, you know, the guy to that you're going to ride, do yeah. you still see Robin Leonard? We could at some point. I, I don't know when. Um, and, and that goes back to, you know, you, it's playoffs. You're not looking too far ahead. You kind of. I'm just asking because I know the fans are asking. The it's fans, not me. I know the fans are asking. <laughs> well, we can't even get a starter out of the coach. So I can't. Uh, I, I think at some point you will possibly. But I just want to go back to what you said about Marc-Andre Fleur, everything he went through. And. Uh, and anybody listening, if you want to be successful, that what he does, because we always see him as this fun-loving, happy guy, and he, he's such a tremendous human being. What he, you know, off the ice, even a better person than he is an athlete, yet he has that. He is an ultra competitor. Um, and he left probably with not happy last year, and he came back, handled it the right way, didn't sulk, didn't it? He let his performance speak for itself. And to me, that speaks of, uh, of, of an elite athlete, their ability to do that, to come out and have that fiery competitiveness that said, okay, I'm going to take it back. But it's one way, there's one way to get back, and that's to go out there and take it and, and do it with your performance, and he did. So, uh, And then a great start to, to game one. He was terrific for the Golden Knights in that uh, against Minnesota. Just uh, unfortunately didn't get the offense uh, or any offense. So. Shut out performance for more than 60 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just speaking to his things that he does off of the ice, he was this morning yeah. named the Golden Knights nominee for the King Clancy Award, which is essentially the NHL's humanitarian award for all of the different things he does. Also, the team's nominee for the Masterton this year. And you imagine likely, potentially, a finalist for the Vezina for the first time in his career, maybe? Maybe. It, it's, there's a real good list out there. Um, of goaltenders, I I have him. I have him in the conversation. I, I'd love to see him get a nomination. I think uh, he deserves it, but we'll wait and see. It's not. I don't get a vote for that. He's come in fourth twice and not made the top three to be a finalist. Given, I mean, just the history that he has had in this league, that was such a surprise to me when you look down the you list. You know, yeah, but I, I'll tell you this: there, there's a lot of guys that have won multiple Vesnas or have won a Vesna. They don't have three Stanley Cup rings. Ooh. What, what, ask him what he'd Mike drop. Go ask him what he'd rather have. <laughs> Story about Antonio and Shane Knighty with you here on Nighttime at Noon. We are going to take some questions on the other half of this break. So if you have any, make sure you tweet us right now using the hashtag Nighttime at Noon. Tweet at Storm Bonantonio or at Shane Knighty. And uh, when we come back, like I said, we'll answer those questions, wrap things up here, and get Shane Knighty's final keys to the game. Stay with us. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. It is game day in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Vegas Golden Knights, taking on the Minnesota Wild in game two later on tonight. And the best way for you fans to show your VGK spirit, no matter where you are in Nevada, is with the Vegas Golden Knights license plate. A VGK plate is a great way to night up your vehicle and show everybody on the road what team you root for. Go to dmvnv.com slash plates today to show your pride. I have them, and if you don't have them, I don't know what you're missing. It's it's a good time. I like, I like my white car. It has the black license plate with the VGK on it. Shane, it looks good. It does look good. I, I don't have one. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, when whoa. I got my car, they didn't have them out yet. So I Well, just now you know stuff. what you have to do. DMVNV.com. You're welcome. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> we are taking some of your social media questions. Thank you for using that hashtag nighttime at nude. For whatever reason, so many people just want to know what color jerseys the Golden Knights are wearing. Well, in, in playoffs, you stick with your home and away. Not the third jersey. It'll be uh, the home grays and the road whites. Um, I know a lot of people wonder where the gold jerseys are, um, and I, we're we're pretty sure that's final on that answer that yeah. they can't be worn. Uh, third jerseys don't uh, don't come out in playoffs. Do you have a favorite jersey? Do I? Yeah, with Boy, all the I'm new a, ones. I like them all. I, I you know I was surprised how much I liked the retro one this year. It's completely off, but I've always loved you know everything the Gold Knights have been able to roll out. Uh, jersey wise, I love the, the I love I always love their home and away jerseys and the gold has been just a, a terrific ad. It's a cool thing to think about that, you know, you know, if they did wear them and then, you know, kind of everyone in gold in the crowd, you know, maybe someday they'll get to that point. Yeah, I I was a big fan of the reverse retros also. I think that the Lake Tahoe game is really what did it for me because the white background yeah. and the red it looked – you should see what I'm wearing tonight, by the way. You're going to get some spikes on my shoulders. Spikes. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, because I'm ready for battle. Oh, I like it. That's good. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and come up with something. We got another one. You always, you're always the sharpest dressed no, of everybody. No, no. Nobody can, can compete with you, which is why I have to step out of the box in the fashion game. All anybody on social media wants to talk about your outfits. Why do the Golden Knights always seem to run into a hot goalie in the playoffs? Can't catch a break. Also, do you think Talbot stays hot? Well, I'm going to say the term hot is used loosely because you can make a goalie look hot. And I think it's on them to make his life more difficult. I think, they, you know, last year that's something they talked about after the season, you know, in Hudobin. Uh, they didn't make it tough enough on them, and I think that's uh, that's on the Golden Knights. That's on the players. Uh, you can make a goalie look good uh, just by not getting those second, third chances, not getting in his face, uh, taking away his eyes, screens, um, you know, battle. All goalies are good in playoffs. You know, the teams that get there usually have top goaltending, mm -hmm. and it, and it's not easy. You got to continue to press. You got to find ways, different ways to score. Something Vegas was able to do all year. They're you know they're a good good rush team. Um, but they're going to have to add the power play. As I said, I said, rank off the show, you're going to need power play. You're going to have to find those guys, Keegan Cole, sorry, dirty goals mm -hmm. uh, mentioned earlier on his last goal. Going to the net, depth guys scoring, um, just all areas that they need to be better. And so, yeah, it, it's a, will he stay hot? He'll be good. Uh, all goalies are going to be good. It's up to the Golden Knights to make sure they make it difficult on them. Yeah, and the, I mean, the Golden Knights know come playoff time, you're going to face adversity. You're going to face these different things throughout what they hope yeah. to be a long playoff. Uh, Tommy Vegas on Twitter says, word on patches. Pete DeBoer told us earlier today he is a game-time decision, and he's been day-to-day -day for a little while now. So we haven't seen him out there in morning no. skates. <laughs> no, it's so. game-time. <laughs> Game time decision. That's that's all we're getting. That's all we can relay on. Yep, 100%. Uh, Alec Martinez, people also asking about his availability. He did play last game, so although he wasn't at morning skate today, you would anticipate he would be good to go once again. Shannon Beach on Twitter said, are there plans to try to keep Martinez when his contract is up? Not much cap space to cut a huge contract. Well, I'm certainly 
sure they'll look at all scenarios, but it won't happen now. All focus, all attention is on having a long run here in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Uh, you know, playoff isn't real at the time. I'm sure they're, you know, they'll look at their cap situation and, and the, you know, the structure of their team going forward and the way he played certainly would be a guy they would want to keep here. There, there would have to be things that would happen to, to for them to, uh, to make room for him. Um, but, you know, right now that isn't on the mind of, of management. Uh, their, their focus and his focus will be on playing and winning tonight and then moving to the next game. No question. But I will say you can understand why, like, anyone oh. would be hopeful to keep him. He's been probably the most consistent. Certainly, without question. Yep. Yeah, you, you, the way he's performed this year, just what a season. At both ends of the ice, too, you kind of find that, you know, his offensive side of his game and then, Really got to see the, the and I'm not going to use the word warrior, but how about a battler or <laughs> competitor, uh, just, you know, blocking shots, all the little things in the game. Like, there's there's no holes to his game. He, he, he impacted it in every area. This question is a surprise question from me to you oh, well, that is a very serious. How would you grade Dave Gosher's performance on stage with Mike in the pandemics this weekend? Oh, just over a video? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. Was he playing? Was it just air guitar? You didn't go. I thought you went. No, I didn't. Aww. I had other plans, but uh, uh, he, he was quite excited about it. He made me I watch know. his clips for the half an hour or the whole drive. He was driving. He's like, I had to watch his phone. So uh, it was good. It was good to see him on stage. He, he can play a little bit. I know. I remember when we were in Nashville last yes. regular season and uh, yeah. he got up on He's stage with everybody. climbing up to, to joining a band. <laughs> it's coming. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Him and your but son you just know. keep practicing yeah. together. No, no, I don't think so. My son might be better than him on the. Well, no, Dave's probably better chords. My son's more. He knows how to, how to pick and play the hard parts. Yeah, I have the pleasure of listening to you and Dave during the games, um, in commercial breaks, and you know, <laughs> Dave always seems to find a way to sing a little bit in the breaks, which is enjoyable for me. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the real serious stuff, though. Um, game two tonight. Looking to just get your final thoughts. If you have maybe three keys that would lead to a Golden Knights victory tonight, what would they be? Well, I think Jonathan Marshall was uh, <laughs> very forceful on the point of they need to get the lead. So I think it's important to set the tone early, uh, whether that's a goal, whether that's you know a good first shift that builds into three or four. Uh, but to score first, they're, they're one of the best teams when they scored first this year in their record. Uh, very important. I think they need to play a lot of speed to their game and certainly their own end. Uh, you've got you've to cut off plays quickly defensively and have clean breakouts. And that transition and that, that allows you to play fast. If you're you know, chasing around your own end, that, that's where you can get start to wear down. Mistakes can happen. So cut plays off quick defensively and then clean Clean breakouts, that allows you to play fast, to attack, and their decisions in the puck. Uh, Minnesota's really going to try to take away the neutral zone. So uh, there's a lot of keys I just threw in there, but uh, <laughs> maybe the biggest one is try and get that first goal because it seems like that's something the, that's going to be a lot on the determination. And, and, and for many reasons, not only to get the lead, they said they want to play with the lead in the game, but this they didn't score last mm-hmm. game. It, you know, it's kind of that mental toll. It's like, okay, somebody can find the back of the net that may uh, may not be squeezing the sticks, although it's early. Um, I think it'll help them relax a little. Yeah, Golden Knights, as you said, still in search of their first goal of this series. Do you have a, a key matchup we should keep an eye on? I'm shocked. All show long, we have not mentioned the name Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, but they were that line was 
you know, the guy on the line who had the most chances with Kaprizov Zuccarello was Ryan Hartman. Yep. I think he had five, you know, quality. Mark Andre Fleury was yeah, in his dreams. Yeah, he was, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he had nightmares. I don't know about <laughs> dreams, maybe nightmares. Hartman. So that line was effective. Uh, they ne- they need to be aware of that line. It, it, it to me that was the line that was uh, had the most dangerous for the Minnesota Wild. Um, and and then they have that big line that end up scoring the the overtime goal. There's big guys: Greenway at six six, Felino at six four, and then Erickson Eck, uh, who scored the overtime winner. Um, but I think, and we talk about the Wild, the matchups. Pete DeBoer said he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to get caught in matchup. He wants them to, when they're in a four line rotation, he feels their best. And their focus needs to be not so much maybe on the wild. They need to be aware of who's on the ice. Their focus needs to be on their game and how they want to play. Yeah, Jonathan Marchessault said that a good bit earlier today, which I think is is a very big key for them, you know, that they do need to get back to what makes them good and what has made them successful to have the only 40-game winning record in all of the NHL, which still shocks me that they didn't win their division, being the only team to win 40 games. (laughs) It's crazy, but they just got to come out of their division and then they're the number one seed. But that's that's way down. We shouldn't look too far ahead. Right now, task at hand for them to handle here tonight, and that's to beat the Wild. Yep, no question. Game two on the way at 7 p.m. You can listen here to Dan Duva and Gary Lawless on Fox Sports Las Vegas or tune into Shane Knighty, Dave Gosher, and myself on AT&T Sportsnet pregame beginning at 6.30 with Darren Millard and Mike McKenna. And make sure you tune into Nighttime at Noon again tomorrow because a real special treat with Dave Gosher and Derek England. That's going to do it for us on Nighttime at Noon, but make sure you tune in to a big game tonight between the Golden Knights and Wild.